of did it, hey? I know. Thank you for inviting me into your very exclusive space. Yeah. <laughs> Might really call it a man cave because when this all finishes, it becomes Layla's cave. Yeah, right. And a fucking shit show, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a malleable cave. Yes, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a multi-purpose. Well, you know, and it's really... Fuck, I'm just so stoked to be doing it again. Like, mm. I think, you know, when you and I spoke, it's got to be a year ago. Yeah, I reckon. Because I just had Dylan on. I think so. It wasn't long yeah. before that. Yeah. We had Dylan. Oh, God, that's just such a blur. Isn't, it, isn't that wild? Yeah. Because you knew him, and not to, not to jump into it too much, but you knew him from London, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So we um, sort of in the same acting circles studied um, and stuff. Yeah. We did actually did the same stage play that was rewritten we did that twice for different reasons and then we actually came up with a feature that we did for each other so oh. we, we spent a lot of time together oh that's wicked yeah. yeah fun times so what are you doing out here like how does that i mean um, is that a boring question i was just telling no. you about how one of my guests was like don't ask me how i got into this and that because everyone asks me and now i'm asking you an origin question <laughs> I'm actually from New Zealand. Are you? Really? Yeah. Okay. I just must always spend so a bit of time in Yeah, I grew yeah. up in the UK, but lots of my family here. I have the passport. Right. Um, so it's been a crazy mix, really. Yeah, and Dylan is now in New Zealand. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's been living there doing Lord of the Rings. I knew he'd been, yeah, I knew he was doing that. Like, but yeah. I don't know, like... Well, they are because they're doing, like, like they did the, the features. They're doing, I th my understanding is they're doing the seasons back to back, like... It's a massive, massive mm. operation. Yeah. Wow. So he moved there with his wife and yeah. yeah. I'm so much grateful to New Zealand. It is like I love their comedy and I love the fantasy stuff. And I'm not really a fantasy fan, but when it's set mm -hmm. in yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, I'm a fantasy stunning. fan, I have to say, but not across the board, not hardcore, but yeah. I mean I still remember seeing the first posters, I was working in Edinburgh at the time for Lord of the Rings when it was coming out. And I was like, what's this fucking Lord of the Rings business? I didn't even know what it was. And and someone sort of gave me a breakdown and I saw The Hobbit in the bookstore. I bought it. I, I read a chapter and put it down like because I'm just a terrible reader. Yeah, that's too good for me. I mean, <laughs> I love reading, but that is right. that's too good for me. And then the films came out and I was like, it was almost, almost like when I first saw The Matrix in terms of scale and just yeah. like mind blown. I was like, I this is fucking wild. I yeah. actually have a memory of being in New Zealand. I must have been visiting my mum who was living out there. I'm watching the first one and I'm falling asleep. <laughs> and she started snoring. <laughs> like bouncing. Fucking hell. Because it's obviously such a long film. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like full on snoring. So, you know, some people it's cool, some people it's not. That's right. I mean, it was, but th it's kind of impressive. I still think to this day, like, if I think about sitting down to watch Lord of the Rings, I'm not stressed about the time, no. you know, and on how long it goes for, yeah. but I'm wanting to go back and watch The Irishman, and I'm like, fucking really good film, but goddamn, it's three and a half yeah. hours long, and it is a slow film, like it's Oh, you haven't? No, I should. Now you're going to tell me not to see it. I mean, you've got to see it. It's so good. But we had to watch it in three parts. And I would like to be able to sit there and watch it as a full yeah, thing. Yeah, there's, there's certain films that I've had to do that with. And it's not just not the same as watching it in three parts. No, nah, no. Nah. Because you're not fully, yeah. fully invested. You don't go on the journey as much, I don't think. Um, so anyways, back to... W so, so that's how you and I crossed paths was just nearly through Instagram, I think, and me putting that, that post up. Can't even have crossed happened, actually. I can't remember, because I do have a profile now. Yeah, As well too. as not knowing my left and my right address. <laughs> 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 and at the time, you were working on, and you'll have to forgive me, but I want to say it's called Cleaning Series. Very close. Well Clean done, Series. Actually. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's called Spring Clean. Oh, Spring Clean. Okay. Spring Clean Series. Yeah. Um, so we're... Um, but yeah, it was my sort of last big project before, I think I released it sort of April. Okay. It was, it was, I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but 
find my field though. Yeah. Because actually so much creativity has come yeah, out yeah, of yeah, it yeah, last yeah. year for Cultural. But um, yeah. so we filmed it in 2019 and oh, the shit. final okay. yeah. production mm-hmm. and then the edits and everything was all over here. Um, shit hits the fan, but it was great to have something to, 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 to really dive into. Dive into and review and yeah. think about the future of mm-hmm. How did you, um, like, take me through, because I think this is one of the things that, I don't know, if I was listening to this podcast and I try to sort of do all those things in terms of what would I like to listen to or what would I garner from that or learn or what have you, mm. how did you raise the funds? Like, how, you know, take us through that sort of thing and how big a scale was it and how many apps did you do? And Yeah, that's... Actually, a really good question because my my original idea it was it was actually uh, a stage play originally. The oh right. um, The character came from two stage plays with the same character in it, but it was a development of her story. Mm-hmm. And the response between some of the audience was was really upset with that being she had to have her own story. A character that you had written for stage. Yes. Oh wow! Awesome. Um, so I thought, well, I got to write one then. Mm-hmm. So I, I spent quite a lot of time writing um, two reps and one episode, mm-hmm. and they were reasonably close to par, um, you know, big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kept pulling back and kept writing a bit more. And when you say pulling back, meaning going, I just I feel like I need to to putting it off. Okay. You know, and I think it was because it was too big for mm-hmm. just me, and I didn't feel like I had enough of a team. I didn't feel like. I didn't have the funds realistically to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I met up um, with a filmmaker friend of mine, Andrea Holton, and and she sort of said, why don't you just do a mini version of it? And I thought, I'm loving that. (laughs) So I took... Nothing like a fresh pair of eyes. Oh, it was just like, that makes so much sense. Two main characters, Mm -hmm. and then there's two other characters, which um, one of them becomes very important in the future. But... Mm -hmm. Um, and then one location, my house. Yeah, okay. Yep. And it was just like, bang, doable. Two and a half grand later, we had a four-part in full. It was about 20 minutes. And we loved it. And it's almost like a sort of pilot to the feature stage. Okay, okay. So you're going to use that as a proof of concept mm, sort of thing. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. But you also... I really yeah. wanted to... Sorry. No, no, no. So, so you, it still is a standalone piece. Absolutely. That is going to help you build an audience. Yeah, and, and actually, it was to it was to kind of go, hey, well, here's Rowena. Look at what a mess she is. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to know more? It's going to get even more interesting. And yeah. just set up that world. Okay. And we sort of set up the suggestions of relationships, even if they're not in it, they're sort of brought into the world. Yep. And um, yeah, so it's kind of ready to go, and people are. Longer than expected, actually. <laughs> Fucking hard, isn't it? It's so hard. But you know, people want to know what happens next. That was that was one of the key sort of responses from. Oh, great. And you know, I put it into some festivals. I haven't put it into loads because I ran out of ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just shit, it just gives you food. <laughs> you know. I know, and the other thing is too is it's like you can't submit to all of them also because if you're, my understanding sometimes if you're in the running with one or mm. whatever, it can sort of they get wind of. Someone said to me once, if you get knocked back by a couple, and then that somehow makes its way down the line, all those other ones. Oh my god, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I just read this, and, and maybe I'm fucking making shit up, but I w- years ago when we were trying to work out a strategy for a web series that I made, um, it was like you know, be smart with who you're going to go and spend your money on in terms mm. of. Some of them, is especially their brand. the American ones, very expensive. Yeah, super expensive. And is their brand for you? And look at their past winners. Were they newcomers or were they established and blah, 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 blah. And then there was this other thing that I read about that. And I was like, oh, that's bloody that makes it even tougher, doesn't it? Fucking hell. So. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's funny that you say that because as I was saying earlier, um, or said, I don't know how you should describe it. Researching oh. who the winners were and if they'd won something else. Oh my god, that to me is like soul destroying. I 
rather They're stick pins in my tits. eyes. It is absolute tits. I don't. Oh, but like I know it's stuff you have to do, but those are the things I'm like, I, I. This is the way I look at it. Like, I can't afford to pay someone to do these things for me, right? But can I afford to give away hours and hours mm. and hours of my life? Mm that where I should be sp- I could be spending them with my family like or writing something new or mm. getting on top of my health or whatever so I think like old promoting yeah I would rather just fucking you know maybe maybe I ha- like I don't know like at the moment I really want this podcast to take off yep. and I really want to create a audience or build an audience for my photography and all the scenery work that I've done over the years for the last like landscapes and stuff, you know, that I've been shooting since I was 18, yeah, you know, right. and I've never tried to sell them. Um, and so Do I just you reached know what it. Etsy is? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, they charge a fucking yeah, that's ha- true. however that's much true. and Shopify and all Nothing's that crap. Free. I got a mate of mine who is a, was a brand manager and also a designer, and now she's become a, an oil painter. And she's doing really, really well, like in terms of time spent in the game. And I just said, and she needs extra cash. And I was like, you know what? That's the pers- perfect person to promote my thing. And if it costs me $200 a month to get her to spend half a day or something like that each month, just sending out a bunch of stuff or doing, you know, like the other day That's I had to send. That's a great idea. Yeah. Getting someone you know that, that you know has. Yeah. The skills. The skills. Yeah. And then I can ring up, like she designed my last really mm. really talented individual and she's got the time whereas i do, like the other night i was sitting there trying to work out how to send off this logo for the poster of this web series that we've done that i've created for big wonder and at first i got onto fiverr and got someone to make one mm-hmm. cost me 15 bucks or something like that. it was pretty rubbish um but i took a little bit of his inspiration and the tiny little bit of knowledge that i have and changed it but then i lost about an hour and a half working out how to export this thing to the producer so that he could use it and insert it on this post. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) this is fucking shit. I hate it so much. You know, that thing we were talking about off air of sitting in front of the computer, just like. I think this is the thing, you know, with with Corey Oates, he's such a double-edged sword because now we have the capacity. Just bring it in, bring it in, yeah, yeah make and do whatever we want like essentially the creator god of our oyster if we want to do more than one thing we can and we might Mm. battle with that in ourselves but we can do it yeah you know whereas back in the day you were you were a a tap dancer or a dancer in a film you had your manager you had you know you just went on to you were exclusively in one thing like you or you were chorus girl or you were but you were exclusively one thing and there was a there was uh, a model mm-hmm. you know and yeah. now it's like there's not a model because we go no i can i'm gonna make it so I'm, I'm gonna bloody gonna do, do it. it and then you go yeah but i haven't got all of these tools because obviously we have strengths being creative people and quite often that means that we have weaknesses which <laughs> is the back end stuff yeah and that's the challenge yeah i'm always i always have a lot of surprise and admiration for like actors that i know who are really good with the tech mm. and i'm like what how is that even possible <laughs> like you're able to cover those two things like a fucking james cameron you know like it, it's a real struggle for me like i'm a photographer and sure that's quite techy but i i really couldn't explain to you too much about how a fucking camera works i just i know the other things you mm. know what i mean and one of my favorite Photographers Richard Avedon used to, you know, sort of famously quote about how much he despises the medium. He's got this thing that he wants to create and he has to use this in order mm. to get it. Much prefer to be able to do it in a simpler way. You know, like how simple is a pencil? Yeah. So he seems but to. But I, I did some photography at art school years ago. And I wasn't interested in the complexity of mm-hmm. it, but I could appreciate how kind of magical it was, how you could really sort of transform an Im- image by 
secret shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember all the things, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. it is actually kind of like a sort of form of magic. Mm-hmm. It, so if you're kind of passionate about that, that's great. But yeah, it's a bit, it's a little bit like Well, I mean, how the many... Ri- the y- end goal. Like, the magic should happen. Yeah. But how many riders do you hear just love being in the chair, actually doing the riding? Mm. And it's like, they love riding, and they have to do it. Lifting and sitting there in that one space really pains them to do it. I actually can't. I, I actually... I have to write it all down first before I... How do you mean? Like, intensity? Yeah. Oh, like how much are we talking? Like the whole like thing? Like pretty much. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Well, Why? I tend to work scene by scene. Okay. It's like jigsaw pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so often, I'll, I, no, I, okay, I might have, I know what it is mm-hmm. in my head. I, I, I know the scene. It's a story someone's told me. Mm-hmm. Quite often it's actually a story someone else told me. <laughs> um, and you're like, oh, shit, this is how you look on your phone. Especially when you're making something that's <laughs> meant to be shocking. <laughs> um, and then I'll sort of, I'll, I know I will, I'll do like, I'll write down the, sh- the short scene and then when I type it up, I'll flesh it out and yeah, okay. write the stage directions and everything like that. But it's pretty much written in pen. I've got a yeah, okay. many books, but yeah. yeah. I only started writing and you were asking before about why you know, the purpose of the podcast mm. and inspiration and what have you was one thing was to build an audience around a film I had written. It was the first thing that I'd ever written. And I mean, I, I don't know who put me onto the book, but it was um, Save the Cat, mm. Snyder. Mm-hmm. And I live by that now. I've written maybe four things. And that beat Sister McKiz. Mm. <laughs> like it really... If I can't work out how, because I don't innately understand story structure yet, if I go to that beat sheet and write around that beat, uh, all of a sudden it's, it starts to connect. Yeah. But in terms of, I'm one of those people that creates from the end backwards. So when I was the drawer and the painter and what have you, everything was like if I was given the assignment or the project, I would have the end product and then it would work backwards in order to get a grade when I was in school and now it's I would have the the end and then I'd have to navigate how we got there reverse engineer reverse engineer (laughs) Rainier um (laughs) everything in order to get there and it's always been that way which is you do that with your writing yeah yep um just like what if and then it's like I just originally, and I talked about, I'll, I'll be quick on this because you're someone who's a fan. Yeah, oh, here we go. I haven't put my fucking phone on silent. Um, um, did a small film recently with Layla in one of our many lockdowns. And um, it was just centered around what if a guy came home and his wife had passed away in bed while he was out? Yeah. Like, and she had enough time because she was terminally ill and she had a blood clot to write a letter, you know? Oh, my God. You, I don't know if I could do that with my family. Isn't that wild? And, you know, like, so we're, um, anyways, I, I broke it all down in the last podcast, but I'll, I'll tell you about it off camera. But it was an interesting thing to do, but it was like, okay, now I have to, like, sprawl from that letter. Albeit that letter is actually at the start of the film. It just started with like an image. It's always the start with an image. And then, mm. not that I have written tons and are very good at it, but do try. <laughs> and uh, how do you, like becoming a writer? Because I never ever thought of myself as a writer. Mm. I I don't know if I, I still don't know if I do. I yeah, probably should. I, wouldn't. I just don't know if I can own it yet because I don't feel like I still feel like such an imposter. Uh, that's because an interesting thing I that you bring up, the, the imposter thing, yeah, but but you had a question yeah. there. Yeah, uh, so like your approach, obviously you're using this um, beat system from Save the Cat. Yeah. Is that like hard and fast? Is that how you s- you s- structure?
to your whole writing process around that? Or so is it just when you get stuck? So far, yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty simple to me. And the more and more I follow him on social media and stuff like that, when I see him take great films and go, look, it's the fucking same beat system. It doesn't matter how obscure or what have you, yeah. or whether it's four acts or three. It's amazing. There's a, yeah, there is, a, there is an opening image. There is a theme that's stated. Mm. There's a B story. There's a midpoint. There's a moment where they have like a fun and game section. Bad guys section. close in. Bad guys <laughs> close in. The whole bit, the debate, yep. what drives my character to the next act. And it all makes kind of it stuff. seem easy to write. To make it seem understand so that. I mean, I need to go back to that. Other than it being impossible to write. <laughs> It makes me at least feel like I know how to connect these ideas together because mm. that's the first thing. When I first thought, okay, actually the person who just texted me, we were he was in Iraq and we, he was a real estate agent that I was doing photos for and he, uh, I don't know, I just had caught something on Instagram and I was like, God, this coaching situation is out of control. What about these, you know, ex-military that are out there taking out poachers? This is really great because I remember once upon a time, when I was like 22 there and I was reading an article about um, Siberian tigers and, and what have you being on the brink. And I was like, why is there someone out there just fucking shooting poachers? You know, mm. like surely. And then I heard a, um, something about um, this park in India that had the right to, sh to shoot poachers. And I thought, fucking A. And then, and then just recently hearing about, well, not just recently, it was four years ago or whatever, that, um, you know, it's a big thing now in the parks where they hire ex-military to come in and look after their game parks and what have you. But there's a big group called Vetpaw, which I started to dial into. They're all post-9-11 um, Afghanistan and Iraq vets who make up this unit. Um, and they're pretty, pretty trained dudes. And then he said to me, this guy, he's like, I nearly went and became one of those rangers, but then I decided to come home instead and get back to the real world and lay down the weapons for a time. <coughs> so then it was just that idea, and I said, fuck, that's a really interesting story, yeah. you know. And there's, th and it just came from an endpoint where I had found out that the latest run on poaching was caused by a, a um, Vietnamese politician who claimed he'd cured his cancer with rhino horn and then just went bananas. This is a real person. Mm. And I was like, well, fucking, why don't they just go to yeah. Vietnam and kill this prick? I was like, uh, that's the story. And then I was like, well, <laughs> how the fuck do I start that? And then uh, I, I think a buddy of mine said, read this book. And that's how I started. Oh, and did you finish it? Yeah, they, yeah that's written. Yeah. Did you make it? No, fuck no. That's a is it a feature? It's a feature. Oh, okay. At the moment now, we're just um, trying to work out how the fuck we can keep it, it relevant and be the people to make this film because it's it's a film that's been f like there have been lots of people around the planet trying to make this. You know, ten years ago, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy were trying to make this same film in terms of British vets going to Africa to, to save the wildlife oh, okay. and whatever, and they couldn't get it off the ground. And then my acting coach, Miles Pollard, I sent it to him and he said, oh, I've got a mate who's written a script like this and he can't get it fucking made. And then I had a guy on here, Scott Miss. Different twist to. Yeah. Well, I thought that the, I mean, it's another thing of actually just getting people to read your script too. So mm -hmm. I would, I would say, I reckon I'm pretty confident in that the twist in mind being that, um, they do go to Thailand off the books, uh, sorry, Vietnam, and take this guy out instead of it all being contained in Africa is mm. an interesting twist. But um, so anyways, we've recalibrated it to, to turn it into a 20-minute short to do the festival routes. Because originally we, didn't want we wanted to go to Africa and do it all there. You know, if we ever got the money, we would do it right. We would do it with an African mm. crew. We'd have – it'd be integrated. Would this short be – more like a proof of concept then? Yeah, proof of concept, but it'd be just like you in terms of trying to build up um, proof of concept, but also a proof of where the guys. And it being valid. Yeah, yeah valid and, and get an award behind us <laughs> or something like that or laureates or whatever mm -hmm. they call it. Just something 
that we can now, because none of us have done anything. My mate has texted me, he wants to produce it, you know, and we're, we're all newcomers relatively, so no one's going to give us $5 million to go and make a feature. So we need to um, prove it, you know, and I want to be the guy who plays the lead. I mean, there's something like I said, love the film, here's 10, 10 mil, but we're going to get, you know, Chris Hemsworth to come in and play it. Done. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, I the goal is... Can I be his brother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a small part in there that, that I've got squirreled away in, in as my ace in the hole mm. to make sure I get to act on something. But it's interesting what you said before about um, how do I see myself amongst these new talents or mm. skills that I have to do. <coughs> and fuck, I always thought myself as, a, as an illustrator. And then I stopped illustrating and I was a nobody, not a nobody, but I did no art mm -hmm. for 10 years. Oh, really? You know? 10 years? Yeah, yeah. And then it was photography. I mean, other than just, you know, shooting whatever. I mean, even the period there, I didn't even have a camera. But now, like, I definitely wouldn't call myself a, a writer. I certainly, after filming my first little film, call myself a cinematographer. And... I understand the power of calling myself an actor and believing it, but I'm not booking too many gigs. So no, well, <laughs> the, do you know what? I've actually, in the last few years, actually probably in the last six months, had to really reevaluate what I am. I'm still definitely an actor mm -hmm. and a writer and a producer. Yeah. So we're all of these things um, now. But yeah. really a lot of what I do is actually speaks to a creative producer because I'll and, – and so I'm actually kind of – in terms of wanting to make money mm -hmm. out of what I mm -hmm. can offer, I don't need the TV acting, but I'll still need to work right. and mm -hmm. create the environments that I want to work in myself okay. and create those feelings that I want to feel when I'm working. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll also, I'm going to sort of continue working on creative producing and offering that as a service to people con from content. So Excellent. Um, All the way through to completion. Yeah, okay. Mm. So, but how, what does that look like? Like, give us a scenario of... Is it your own projects or now that you've proved that you can write, produce, act, get something off the ground and out into the world that then you will take on other people's yeah, projects I and help them? Yeah, I've worked with other people. Yeah. I've just worked with um, completely different and I'm not necessarily interested going in for products or concepts that I <laughs> have a passion about. Yeah. Um, but this is actually a great product. But I just... Um, did a photo shoot day with mm -hmm. um, Kit Brick, which is a children's collection toy. Oh, okay. Positive toy for kids. Mm -hmm. um, and like it was actually this that really made me think, oh, I've, got, I've actually got something to offer here. I can put a, like a mood board together. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can get a photographer. I can discuss with them what the, what the new look is for this brand. Mm -hmm. I can get the talent. Give the talent the talent they're looking in. Mm -hmm. I could, you mm -hmm. know, I can, can organise the location, mm -hmm. make sure the, um, you know, the vis, the the art department's mm -hmm. working. So you know, getting whatever it is, colour pops and yeah. things like that. And and actually, like it's it's something that people do. And I'm I've been so sort of obsessed with being an actor, getting someone to give me work or writing my mm -hmm. own work mm -hmm. that I haven't actually gone. Hang on, I've actually got so many things to offer. Yes, yes, yeah. Other people go and have jobs in these things. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, okay. So you're like a one-stop production house. Mm. Yeah. I, I used to work for a production company in uh, Dubai. And, yeah, it was a place that someone could come in and go and get everything that they needed under the one roof, whether yeah. it was shoots or set design or, the like, we had a, a modeling agency that was attached, so the talent would come through like that and then, yeah, I mean, that was all through multiple people, but this is such a, a classic, like, um, showcasing of where we're at now, right? Mm. And it, but what's unfortunate about it is once upon a time, you know, you'll probably still get paid 
what you would have got paid if you had one skill set 15 years ago. Yes. You know, it's like videography. All of a sudden they want photographers to be videographers and they'll still pay you the same, but you can be careful. Yes. What? And do you mind editing it? Yeah, as I well? edit <laughs> it. How do you suck my dick? <laughs> Fuck off. Like, do you even know what you're talking about? It's it's a horrible, horrible yeah. thing that's happened. Like, like I, people some still when I go out to houses and shoot real estate and I start drawing their floor plans, they're like, "Oh, you do that as well." I'm like, mm. <laughs> someone had this fucking yeah, genius no idea. idea, you know, where it used to be two people that went out. I'm sure they're not paying me double, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. And what do you do? You know, and what's happened to TVCs? You know, I mean, the, the amount of, I don't know a single person. I have person a bad <laughs> relationship with TVCs. Oh, I don't know where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was always told that obviously it's your bread and butter. Mm, it sure isn't. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> well, one, it's not anymore. And yeah. two, I think apparently you get one for every 10 commercial, like one yeah. um, audition casting like uh, i am year. not a, i'm not a statistic <laughs> <laughs> let's put it that way no. like, well, i'm busy yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this i'm the kind of person you want in your commercials but no nah. no I, I don't i don't have any the amount of fucking car commercials that i've auditioned for that apparently i'm the fucking car guy like no you know I why, don't you? Because you look like Christian Slater. I go like Christian Slater. <laughs> That's a new one. Has no one told you that? Never, You've definitely ever. got a bit of Christian Slater. That's fucking mm. wild. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. That's that's a new one. Um, I mean, I used to look like Demi Moore when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I seriously, I actually did. And then my face went all ratty. I used to have like this round face and, and a bob just like hers. <laughs> so we were like, we'd be like the Brat Pack. Um, but not anymore. Anyway, um, I thought you were going to say Winona Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, what was I talking about? Car commercials. Oh, car commercials. Like even to the last time I had, like when I was out of agency <coughs> and, and an agent called me and I said, look, man, if you're calling me because you think that I'm going to be great in the commercial space, I've got to tell you I'm fucking not. You know, I just never booked a car commercial. I've I've never booked a main lead in a commercial. I've been through fucking hundreds of them. So I hate to break it to you. I know that everyone, I just, I'm not, you know, like I've got, because I've had not that, your guy. I've had that conversation. Oh, you'd be great. And you can, like, I had a great commercial agent in New York when I lived there and he was certain I was going to just mm. fly out of the gate. No fucking What do you think chance. it is? Because I, I think I'm shocking in commercials when I get them. I'd be much better if you gave me some kind of big a character. For but me, I hate that it's sorry, but no, they, no, they it's they tell you what they're gonna see, yeah, and that just like sucks my creativity. <laughs> I think for me, it's it. it's that my resting face is too intense, you know. So when I walk in, like, and I'm actually quite happy inside and what have you, it's very serious. And it's like, yeah. what well just I look intense, right. you know. Like I've been out in bars in my life where I'm sitting there just alone having a meal or whatever, happy as Larry. And, like, maybe even looking to talk to someone. And, like, the night goes on and girls are going, you know, you're really fucking intense here. Really, like, like scared of you. You know, you just really? look like are you're... Really? Genuinely? Genuinely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm great. And I'm like, oh, that's a different face. And I've, ha I've been on commercials where they've gone, you know, auditions, and they've gone, listen, man, that's great, but you love your son. You, no, you don't have a problem with what he's just done. You know? And I'm like... <laughs> oh, in my mind, I'm being really bright. You know? <laughs> Same again, but turn but it the up opposite. by a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Show love. <laughs> no, but he's a little cunt. <laughs> 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 and so that was a really, like, um, eye-opening for me when that person said that to me. I think it was a Bunnings commercial or something. And I was like, fuck. And that ties into what I've heard before. Yeah. yeah. So... so you with an agent now? Yes. And they send you for commercial castings? They, they did in the beginning, and I just said to them recently, I'm like, look, I'm just going to, I'm not interested, basically. I just, the, the nature of self-tapes for commercials now, I always thought it would be a good thing, but it's not a good thing. 
it's, 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 it's just as bad in different ways, right? So before I had to take time out of my work day to go and do one, and it cost me money, I knew I wasn't going to book it, and I don't mean that in a pessimistic way. I was more confident about booking a role in something mm-hmm. as a, as than a TVC. So that was a pain. And then I said, oh, why don't they just let us do self-tapes? But now they want multiple shots they want with different self-tapes, setups. But then you're, yeah, yes. No, and it actually one. takes half a day yeah. rather than two hours. You don't need multiple setups, bitch. Just fucking take <laughs> the one, okay? Because there's no talking. <laughs> this is it. And I was really good. <laughs> you know? So, and, and also when I started acting, and still to this day, basically, bar one or two things, I've always been cast as the serial killer, as the villain, as someone who's an asshole, constantly. That's mm. so, whatever that resting so face is, is super intense. <laughs> and I mean, pedophile, the fucking, the whole works. Never, nothing bad. So that's. Which is exactly what I am. Yeah. <laughs> Scare your child. That's no, the main thing. No, 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 <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I'm only just really owning the whole brand thing. Oh, okay. Like really understand it, and I completely understand what this is about now and what I have to offer to talk about it. So I think other people aware of this. Well, what does that look like in terms of understanding? Like, what are you doing now that's different, um, or how well are you going about that? As I've done more writing, I've written more leaning towards what I like to do, and I think okay. I do well. Mm-hmm. And then I did um, I did a Cats book last oh year, yeah? um, the audition technique with Greg, a- Greg Apps, and it was... Oh, sweet. Yeah, I want to do that. I can't remember which one it was now. Creating, It might have been Creating Compelling Characters. Characters, that's the big popular um, one. So you got to... Like you have to do two a week, and some of them were completely made up. So I, I found what really worked for me, and yeah. and he <coughs> and what he was responding to mm-hmm. as well, and feedback, yeah, and, that and helps. the rest of the team, mm-hmm. like all the other actors. And I was like, yeah, I'm good at this kind of slightly oddball British speak. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll what lean I into can that. do. Yeah, and I love doing it as well. So that's yeah, that's more what I'm writing now. Well, there's a real niche there too, right? That's awesome that, A, it appeals to you, you're good at it, and now you realise that, so now you can lean into it and really fucking smash it. Mm. The thing, that this is where I'm at at the moment. This is another thing that I think, and, and to go back to what you said before again, one of the other things that I um, wanted to do with this podcast, and I'm so stoked to be back doing it again. I said to Erica the other day, I said, you know what, I've just lost 50 X. It's really been a year. Mm. Just it all just fell apart. So if you're if you're listening again for the first time, I really appreciate you listening again because I really want to keep this running. I was doing one a week. I'm taking a side note. Please don't let me forget where I was headed with that. But <laughs> this this other woman, oh, I forget her name. It'll come back to me. But she was doing a podcast and she could only do one a month, and I was doing one a week. And she said, "How the fuck are you managing to do one a week? Free COVID, free Layla." That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so those things yeah. just smashed it. Mm. So now it's just I'm doing it. I gotta do it. Yep. But um, we we're talking about branding. Yes. Yeah. Um. Fuck! I knew I would lose it when oh, I went would, on that tangent. Would, oh God, no! God, I had it then, and <laughs> it's gone. Hang on. Oh, well, I know, I know for me the struggle. 50 episodes. Yeah. You've, you've lost 50 episodes. I lost 50 eps. Oh, the reason that I wanted to start this, and one of the other things, is to create a podcast for us mm. in terms of you, me, the other actor who's not, we're all struggling, but isn't just a new company who is still waiting for the phone to ring. Like, a sp- like and then, then just to feel a little bit of community around that. Yeah. And oh, and and that. hearing us vocalize not so much about pity parties and stuff like that, but just about how we're trying to fucking how you make it work. Yeah, or how you how make you it work. How you motivate yourself, like because it's it's yes. very hard to know what to do if you now you have this platform that you can connect to put it out mm, there. Because some mm. people aren't necessarily inclined, you know, they're not. 
tarantulas and yeah. creating stuff. Yeah. So they're like, well, what do I do? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think if you're an actor, you are. I think everybody's a creative being, but I think if do you're you? an actor, yeah, I do. Well, I think, I think. You mean like they can do a little smiley face? Every no, I don't mean no, I don't <laughs> mean that. I think there's something invisible. I don't think it's a necessarily a thing that you can do. I think everybody has something in them mm -hmm. that they could have a creative outlet if they could find it or and it might even yes, be yes it's just to yeah to what scale or yeah, 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 yeah it doesn't yeah. necessarily they're going to go out and make a an nft yeah. or fucking whatever the, the latest craze is um but so so you so to go back to where that whole chain of events started i recently was doing the same thing in terms of looking at my brand mm. per se and how the fuck i was going to navigate a space and and try and increase my auditions because i've really struggled to to get in the room here in australia and and i guess there's there's talent and obviously like yeah whether you're good or you're not but i've had a number of agents say the other thing is too is you're a 40 year old leading man who's going up against the leading men of australia who've been doing it for 20 years yeah, well, I'm a 47-year-old woman, and there's not much out there. That's why I have to create That's my own That's why we work. have to create our own. Have to. Yeah. And then there's the well-established ones that are the favourites that mm. aren't getting it. But so then yeah. there's no British people versions that do exactly. comedy so it's genuinely awesome. really well. Yeah. But I can't wait for someone. So I think what I've let go of just literally in the last month is the outcome. Oh, really? I've just yeah. I've had to. And it was actually... It was almost like a breakup. It was like, oh wow! A, it was like grieving, but it, but it's now I feel cathartic. yeah, because yeah. I'm going okay, right? You're 47. You're working your ass off as much as you can with your kids and a job that pays money and whatever. Um, I'm glad it pays money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just like what I had, what I had to do is go back inside and go, what do I actually? If it's not success as I see it mm -hmm. and respect and being just being active in the industry mm -hmm. what is it yeah why am I here why am I doing it what is it supposed to feel like and that's actually made me kind of really reevaluate what I do and what I create next as well that's fucking awesome man mm. I, I, I remember years ago in one of my first acting classes and being told about, you know, chasing your objective and knowing what your objective looks like when you get there. So as an actor, you, you know, you hit the mark, you're there, and then the audience, you don't glide over it because you're such in your fucking head about it. And I took that and applied it to just goals in life. Like, mm. okay, create the goal that you want, but know what it looks like so you don't become someone who's... Um, never satisfied with what they have mm. you know know when you're standing in the middle of the thing that you wanted that you have it yeah absolutely you know? and you don't want the next thing like if you exactly you're re constantly shifting the goalposts mm. and that's cool but as long as it's done with the knowledge that you actually now have everything absolutely and yeah. just love it be yeah have the gratitude and yeah. enjoyment for those moments mm. Um, so that's why mm, I'm in the... Yeah, I'm very much a goal setter as well, so I'll never stop. <laughs> no, 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 got like it. You've got to. Stretching for things. Yeah, because then you're meandering and that's shit too. Yeah. Yeah. But I... So I'm going through what you have now gone through seemingly and, and come out the other side of working out like... I just turned 40 and how do I present? What talents do I have? And working out some of the kinks in my technique and and then creating a like because my mate Anthony Sharp do you know Anthony Sharp? No. No. He's done the um creative house course oh yeah. as well. And he said, This is what you need to do, man. We just did a big audition and he was like, Yeah, this is what you need to do. You need to go back and you need to just fucking break out of every little I'm paraphrasing here, but every little pre programmed idea of your brand and then go back and give Hallie our agent, we have the same agent, um, all 
a whole new plethora of shit and just try everything. You know, so get six clips, different accents, different 30-second clips, just different you, everything. You may find that you come out the other side of it with a whole new idea of mm. what you actually have to offer. Mm. You know, and you might find something that you just couldn't see before because you were like, oh, no, I'm this thing. Mm. And, and that might be your road in. And then you can be the other thing, mm. you know. You can't change your genetic legacy, but you can sort of manipulate and coerce and, and what have you. Like, I'm never going to be the short, fat, like, boy next door, but maybe I find another way to play a sim. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, um, I don't know why it sticks in my mind, but I don't even know who it was. But there was a woman my age who was getting lots of money made that she was like, not interested in celebrities, just the same stuff. And she was getting TV work. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in my archive, staying up in her room. Um, but she was, she so wanted to break out of that brand. Mm-hmm. She made a really, she made her own short, but she was a really strong, sexual, like, powerful woman in mm-hmm. it. And it completely reframed how she was cast. Mm-hmm. And she yep. was getting these really, like, gritty roles now. Like it was just a really good story. I, I think it stuck with me. It made me think, yeah, you can kind you of can. shake things up if you want yep. to. But you have to make the effort. Well, ca- you have to sort of guide people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kate Beckinsale, I was just listening to her in the podcast, and, and she said the exact same thing. She was, you know, she did Pearl Harbor, and then it sort of was just like period piece, period piece, just sweet, sweet, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then... I can't remember how she said it came to her, but then um, Underworld came to her, and or she put it out to her agent. She was like, "Fuck this! I'm, I'm, I'm I need to shake this up." And then she knew she, in her mind she was like, "I'm not a, a vampire, fucking werewolf slayer." But if they want me to do it, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing, and I'm gonna totally like recalibrate the whole thing. And fuck you. And and then she's like, yeah. And then and then I did it so well, modestly. That now there was twenty years of <laughs> everyone just wants me to fucking kill people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I had to do it again somehow and get away from it, you know. But she, I mean, you go back and look at what she was doing before to come in as this this other complete shift, and it'd be such a success. Mm. Yeah. I mean, how nice to have that problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> But first thing I say, but I I also think that if you are being pigeonholed, I actually now think just like make the most of it. Yeah. Get in there, get into the industry, and then when it's the time is right, then pull the trigger. Yeah. 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 Well, she'd had Pearl Harbor by that point, which was a big success, and and Michael Sheen was her husband, and um, her story was really interesting. Her father was a massive actor in Britain, Kate Beckinsale, but what was his I want to say it's like David Beckinsale or something like that, and he was like a real staple there. It's not David, but he died when she was five. Okay. And he was 31 or something like that. It was like a fucking state of mourning in in the country, and and she had a real rough run, and then like when she was auditioning for Pearl Harbor and that, she had a baby strapped to her. Wow. She still had baby fat on her, and uh, Michael Sheen had just got a big role in – Broadway and moved them out from London, which is like, fuck you, buddy. And then, then she started going to auditions with her fucking infant child strapped to her and, and doing the hard yards. And I was Aww. like, that's fucking tough, man. It's like going into one of those casting rooms in New York when there's 20 of you sitting around and you've got a baby yeah. on you. But, you know, I think I would feel the same because, you know, every every woman has their own choice after they have a baby, but I was definitely more prepared to be still right and i kind of have a bit of guilt about that but i know that i needed to still okay. keep doing yep. stuff yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah and then yeah with the need to be valid or something i did realize that a mum a kid <laughs> <laughs> a milk station yeah 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 although i love being a mum but um no it's i yeah, I, it I can't imagine how hard you juggle that especially if you're like yeah i my sister is a very worker you know and mm. so i know it was a real struggle for her for her boys to fucking sit there and and what have you and 
not do all the things. Whereas, um, you know, we've made the decision with, with Layla, like Layla's a terrible sleeper. Like we're just, just committed to that to mm. get her through it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then, and that's, yeah. Actually, lose a podcast you have to, for your own sanity, do what you have to do to get through it. Just, just do it and just be there with her. And, you know, we live in a, in a time now where we have so much emerging science about, what is going on with infants and what have you, and we're still pretty in the dark, but not as much as we used to be. There was an interesting one that came out, this is a side note, but from both parents, because there's people, you know, there's that thing of like every other parent judging every other parent, mm. and they're all fucking... Parents are scared when you're a first time <laughs> parent. <laughs> like, they're like pieces of glass. I know, know it's so with. fragile, yeah. God, my hindsight now, honestly, I feel, I think I'd be a quite different person. Yeah, right, I wonder how we will be, but... Um, so so Layla won't won't sleep without Eric and and um, that's cool. We had a couple of cracks at sleep training and we like just felt like instinctively it's not right. Mm-hmm. And um, you know now that that now the 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 I don't know how they get this information through how they t- test babies and what have you, but they've worked out that that even though children are s- who are sleep trained are sleeping, their cortisol levels are still jacked. Even though they're calm and still, I was so it was so stressful trying to be the parent that was trying to sleep train my first son, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't sleep, and mm. I felt so much guilt about not getting it right. Yeah, you know, these mums that were kind of like, "Oh, you fed the baby with the I'll fuck sleep you." Yeah, um, and yeah, they sleep. Oh, uh, but they had no life because they couldn't carry the kids out. You know, for the day and then pick them up uh, or whatever. They just like because they were using their legs. Oh yeah. It was really strict, and I could never be like that. But um, there was so much pressure on the sleep training that mm. my first child really all he needed was to be with me, mm-hmm. and that's it. We didn't do that yeah, because right. I didn't think that was the right thing to do. Yeah, because okay. Train him to be independent. He's two months old. <laughs> He's not independent. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah anyway. Uh, yeah, it's but it's an interesting topic mm. and a conversation. I, I it's one of the things now that I actually love listening to. My heroes or what have you, actors who do have kids and how they manage mm. the world. I listen to Zach Shepard's podcast a lot, and he's got a lot of different actors on there that are all parents, and it's fucking. It makes it makes shit really real, mm-hmm. you know. And I really admire the ones of them that who take the time out and just I'm just gonna be with the kid. You know, and I don't need to do another fucking Marvel film or or whatever. I want to be around. I mean, um, I hope I'm not misquoting that. I don't do a fact check, but um, Gary Oldman was one who, you know, he was a wild man and what have you, an alcoholic and all of that. And then kids came along, and he just went, "I'm gonna be with the kids." You know, there's you know there's that period where we didn't see Gary Oldman for mm. years and years and years yeah. with his kids. Whereas I heard Mark Strong talking recently about not being around with his kids. And I don't know whether he was trying to convince himself in this podcast or to his friends. He was like, but I think that's okay because now my son is older and we hang out all the time. And I'm like, mm. you never get that back, bro. Yeah. You know? And, and, and at the same time, when Layla was a month out, I did a big audition for a Ron Howard production play Robert Langdon and the Da Vinci Code mm-hmm. TV series, right? Like the so if you got it, you would have been gone. I would have been gone, and I would have gone. Yeah, yep. And I look at Layla now, and I know that I still would have made that decision because that is the rest of our lives sorted. Yeah, and you're you know? also at a different stage in your career, so. Yeah, that's Someone that's, that's, that's right. I haven't got 20 films under my belt yeah. already. This is <laughs> a game changer. Yeah. yeah, and it would have broken my heart to do it, but I would have fucking done it. An interesting. That's a that's an interesting one to tangle. And yeah, I think um, it. That's another benefit of creating your own life mm-hmm. is that you can still make stuff. Do the yep. have little snippets of time where you can, you know, film a little. You know, at the moment I'm doing this um, another little series which I just started because I was bored. Oh, quite awesome! Frankly. Yeah, and I wanted to cheer people up. <laughs> So I popped on a wig and um, 
created this. These are little videos that you've been putting out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. And nestle into my nook. <laughs> um, keeps you fucking creating. Keeps you but moving. That's yeah. Now, bec- and I could do that being in lockdown. I could do it with the kids. It, you know, they were doing homeschool under end of the house tasks. So I might be busy. Um, can't help doing my thing. Um, and even now, I can still create things and keep it mm-hmm. moving. But it's got a great response, and I oh have been told by my mentor at the moment um, that it that she actually thinks it's probably got more uh, Legs mileage than, than the spring clean. So the spring oh clean's been put on the back burner. Wicked. I'm a bit like. <laughs> I've already written it. But that's <laughs> but see, this is that whole thing, right? Where they say that the thing that you're working on now that you love is never the thing that's going to be the thing. Mm. It's always the stepping t- stone to the next. Mm. It's that accumulation of information mm. and skill and what have you. I'm going to reset this camera just here, and then I'm going to bring something into the shot that I just got. If it's technical, I'm not. What's that? If it's technical, I'm probably not. I've known what a gimbal is for fucking <gasps> ages. Oh, I love a gimbal. Right? I don't have one, but I, I really enjoy them. Hey, everyone. I got this fucking thing on Amazon, right, for 120 bucks no. or something like that. Really? Right? It was reduced from 200 Normally, you press that button and it fucking flips around. I love the way it, everything's stopped. Yeah. But the, the thing that was so awesome about it is now with this one, you can set it on a little stand like that. You can buy it. Actually, the legs come with this one, and it will follow you. Mm. Put your tracking on. So if you want to do like a little walk and talk, it'll just go. Oh. I need one of those for my life. So there you go, peeps. This so is, this is the DJI Osmo 3 Mobile. So if you can't the DP, get a like get a gimbal. You know, like so, so my wife and I shot this little film with Layla, and you know, Erica's Erica works with me. Um, the company that I work for is a photographer, so she's not a, a, a complete newcom- newcomer to cameras. Mm. It takes a bit to to work out the latency in the panning how to use the buttons and everything like that. But just even if you want to do a clip right, clip library as an actor, to be able to put that on a tripod, know that it is going to pull focus on you, which is why I, I struggle with that to do my self-tapes on mm-hmm. or whatever because it's when if I step forward, I'm out of focus. So what pull fo- pulls focus on you? So, so your f- Oh, sorry. So if you're shooting with your phone yeah. and you use like, I mean, the phone video camera will, full focus mm. as you move in and out but i use an app called filmic pro which okay. gives you all of the um control that you would have with that but it also pulls focus mm. so you can walk into shot and it will follow you the whole way in or you can set it off at a certain focus point if you want to walk out of blur into yeah. sharpness it does fucking everything plus follow you amazing so good so fucking good and I mean, there's there is no excuse now with what we have are if you're sitting at home. Are there lots of different brands of gimbal now? There must be. There is, but there seems to be a front running pack, like most things. Yeah. And DJI is your boy. Mm. Yeah, the next one up, I think, is actually like a hundred dollars more, and the only difference is that bit that the phone clips into actually pulls off and has a magnet back. Stick it on a fucking fridge if you want to walk into the kitchen at a certain eye line or something. I remember when they f- first came out, the gimbals, it, was, it must have been, well, I remember f- first seeing one being used six, and six, the cameraman being really excited. Yeah, that's, I think that was six, yeah, maybe seven years ago. They were so expensive. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, it's nothing. we were, so this, this particular lockdown, we were out of town. We managed to get into a friend's house in Y River. (coughs) 
so we were down there um and driving down i like when we when we bust out of here i had enough distance to put the lights me and the camera i think we made the film but then we started to spitball this idea and i was like fuck i can't do it with what i got and just you know like just the nature of things you know i was on amazon watched a couple of reviews within four days i had the fucking gimbal and then got it sent to you where you got sent to me where and they had to send it to like the 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 grocery store there you know (laughs) and i got it and they sent out a little road mic which i didn't have enough stuff for but i had an ipad so i stuffed an ipad down my shirt just to feed the the sound into there and like it's such a an interesting experience you know like i think some of the best stuff comes out of I love well, the spontaneity yeah. of going, I'm okay, I'm just going to make something. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, things come up like even, you know, I'm going to go on Facebook <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way I've got the headspace to do that right now. <laughs> and then I have the, all this guilt of, of like, oh, I should be, I should be making things for every competition. But, um, but I love that sort of spontaneity. Of I did a, the first film I've ever shot, edited, I've done everything on and I've just got the sounds sent me basically um, was last year in the yeah the big lockdown mm-hmm. and it was a competition and I wa- I did have the headspace at the time because yeah. I had nothing else to do <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. Um, and I yeah it was it was I, I can I can remember bits of it but I made a film um, about my mum which was really lovely it was a really awesome. nice thing to do she writes poetry, and um, I wanted to do something with her poetry because it was really good and it's mm-hmm. very, uh, very visceral, her poetry. So, I yeah, I did a film, and she was the star, and I wasn't in it first time. Shit. And um, I just really enjoyed the making the picture and how visually telling yeah. the story. And I got um, a really great actress to do the narration. She narrated the poem and stuff. Oh, cool. So that was a really beautiful experience, and it was super spontaneous yeah i probably wouldn't have got around to it and it was just a really lovely in, in a normal circumstance yeah. yeah 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 i have a very good friend of mine who's a poet who's also sort of a coder and astro like he's got a degree in astrophysics and what have you and he's written this book about the universe but mm. in well originally he wrote a book years ago so i haven't read the new book but uh, the book originally was about scale so he's trying to breakdown the expanse of the universe relative to what you know so if you imagined a square cube of earth there was more molecules in that square cube than there is stars in the sky type thing so he was kind of breaking it all down then Mm -hmm. at the end of each chapter he had written a poem that sort of summed up the science of that chapter but now he's married to a very um, established writer and he's sort of pulled back on his coding work and sat down and written a full-on book with all the poetry and he's got an artist to do all the artwork and I narrated three poems for him recently as just as a test mm. to see if, if he wants me to narrate the whole thing but that uh, that was in lockdown and that, that was really awesome. cool and I got to do this thing with someone I love yeah. you know and I hope to do it but it, it was a really interesting exercise in terms of fuck I I don't read poetry ever. How do I make it not sound like wank? You know, <laughs> like, and... La, 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 la. Yeah, la, la, la. yeah, like, la, how, la, la. how do I not lean into that rhythm? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. There's so many different ways, though, aren't there? Yeah. Like, mum's <coughs> poetry is very storytelling, almost. Well, that's and what I, I, I said to him. I love that whole spoken word, you know, it's like mm. conversational, almost. That's what I said to him. I said to him, mate, the way I'm going to do this, and this is the only way I'm going to do it, and I hope you like it, is I used to always go around to his house. He used to live across the road from me, and it would either be just out on his front deck or his front deck, our back deck or front deck. and I w- deck. Yeah, one of his deck. And I would just be bombarding him with questions about space and science, and I just loved that shit, and he was very good at breaking it down, obviously. Mm. I said, it's going to be like, like that. meet him. Yeah, Nick is a fucking a wild dude. Um, and I said, that's what it's going to be. Every When you, you 
this when I sit down and do my notes on this, it's going to be a conversation between you and I. I might so have, yeah, yeah, that's good. I hope to do it. Very relatable way. I think so. It as well, I think. I would be turned off if it was grandiose or what have Especially you. Especially if the book is about really explaining the the very complex subject of the universe to the Very layman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely you don't want to create a divide between you and mm. the and the audience. It wants to be haymakers. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon? Good stuff. Cool. Excellent. I reckon that's a good place to yeah. nip it. Thank Thanks, you. buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. See ya. <laughs>